You're tuned in to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. And today I have the privilege of hosting Jason Chad. So Jason, to get started, can you just give us like a quick intro of where you're from, what you do, and what brought you here? Yeah, for sure. So um, I got into the recruiting kind of uh, an interesting uh, an interesting way. So I graduated from school and I started working at IBM. Um, and I was there for three, three, four years. Um, and it wasn't the place for me. Um, just a little bit too big, a little bit too bureaucratic. Um, fantastic sales training. And a lot of my network that I still have today comes from those IBM days. So love the place. Um, not, not a negative experience working there, but I would say just wasn't for me. Um, and so I started looking around and um, I was actually going to go work at Microsoft all places, which was a little bit out of the frying pan into the fire. Um, and so at the time, my uncle uh, ran this company called Chad Management Group, and he'd been recruiting at that point for 20 years. Um, you know, one of the bigger recruiting uh, kind of entities uh, in the Canadian marketplace. Um, and so I went and talked to him about it and, and wanted to get his perspective. It was, um, I, I never loved the idea of joining a family business. It was never yeah. the intent. So we had this two hour meeting. I went, I went through my options and do I do, do I do Microsoft? Do I stay at IBM? Do I, you know, more entrepreneurial? And, and, and I don't was know the... he sold. Was the Microsoft job in the in 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 Canada or in Seattle? Like in Canada, it, it would have been Canada as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I sold him or he sold me. Like I, it, it was it was not planned. But two hours later, like I'm gonna try this recruiting thing out. Um, and that was honestly 20 years ago. Um, wow. So this I've is been, this is this like 2001 then? This is this is this is 2001. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, but, but what if, sorry, what if is, you were is, Microsoft is, the whole time? Oh, what did you? I, I'm sorry, I cut you. I, actually, sorry. This is the start of 2002. So I, I left. Uh, I, I left in uh, June of 2002. Got it. And and so, what if you had stayed at Microsoft and collected all those stock options with Microsoft like exploding the last five or six years? Have you have you done the math on that? That would be crazy. Uh, I've not done the math on that. Um, no is a short answer. I, I probably don't want to. Here's a master. I went to school at uh, Wilfrid Laurier, which is a, a university in Waterloo, uh, Canada. Um, and that's um, first year there. Um, our, our prof brings in uh, this guy named Jim Balsilli, another guy named Mike Fazerlicki, who are the founders of Research Emotion Blackberry. Um, and no one knew who they were at the time, right? And we had this, this class. It was uh, this class on entrepreneurship. And they talked to us for an hour. And at the end of the hour, uh, they leave. And our prof turns to the classes, okay, I want everyone to take $1,000 and buy this stock now. Um, and no one did. Like, well, that's, 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 that's our beer money for the entire year, right? Yeah. This, is, this is the late 90s. Um, and our prof said, to show you how serious I am, I'm going to take 50 grand and I'm going to buy the stock, which he did. Um, and, and, you know, fast forward, we were at like homecoming a couple of years ago. And like he's retired and he lives on a yacht. Like he's made so much money based on because yeah. you know the, the stock went from like a dollar to two fifty split, went two fifty again split, and he wrote the whole thing. Um, and I have a good story. That's insane. That's insane. 
That's insane. And, and so when you started recruiting, like in your first year recruiting way back in 2002, 2003, like yep. one, did you think it was like a harder job than your sales job at, at IBM? And two, did you end up making more money that year being a professional recruiter than you were being a professional salesperson? Um, and so was it a harder job? It was a harder job than I thought. Absolutely. Um, everyone has this idea that recruiting is going to be easy. Um, cause it, it sounds like, oh, it's, I'm a matchmaker. I'm going to take, you know, this person here and this job there and put them together and everyone's going to be happy. Um, and it, and it sounds it's easy, not. I guess on paper, it's not, it, it's, it's, it's a ton of work. Um, so it was absolutely harder than I thought it would be. Um, but I did make more money the first year, uh, for sure. Um, so it was, it was uh, you know, yeah, monetarily it's, 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 uh, it's been a great decision. Um, and, and how were... How were commissions set up back then, right? So for folks that are watching this, thinking about getting into the recruitment industry or or trying to set up an incentive plan for folks that work for them, was it like back in 2003, was it like a, a tiny base? And then every time you make a placement, you make like 20% or 30%. Like, how did it work? Oh, it was no base. Um, it, was, it was zero. Zero. zero ba- yeah, zero base. That's crazy. Um, and... And you know, you got every place you made. You got a really, really big chunk. Um, so was it more than fifty percent, or like a little less than? No, 50%? no, always a little less, a little less, just, just under, right? But you know, if you if you you know at the time, you know, uh, and also our rates back then were a lot higher than they were than they are today. Wow, well, what know. were they like? Were they like thirty percent or like twenty five percent? Yeah, wow, twenty five to thirty. Wow. Um, and, and so, you know, you, at the time, you know, you close a hundred thousand dollar job, you can, you know, you can have a commission check coming in, uh, you know, the business makes 30, you can make almost, yeah, 10, 15, like it's. That's all it. And, and how many, how many placements did you make your first year? Do you even remember? Like my first year I did, I don't remember hundred percent. It was somewhere in the range of 10. Um, so almost one a month. That's super solid, right? Because the first year you probably expect someone to make like four or like five, and then they're all right, right? <laughs> if, if if they do that, yeah. so was- yeah. But what what the business did for me, which I try and do for my people now, is um, you start people off and you give them a win. And so like I I, I started and I had accounts off the bat to work on. Um, okay. I, I think it's always I think. When you hire someone and you say, okay, I'm going to hire you to do business, business development. And so I'm going to give you no training. I'm going to give you um, no no patch. Just go out and kind of make stuff happen. It's a recipe for failure, right? Like it, it's, I always have this argument when I do a lot of recruiting in the sales space. Um, and it drives me crazy when you have all these kind of new business development roles and you hire, you try and hire the most junior person you can because it's it's a hard job, you, you know, because yeah. you know, people get... Um, People have this feeling when you get more senior, I don't have to do cold calls anymore. Um, and I think it's totally backwards. I think you should have the, the most senior person in your organization doing cold calls uh, or business development using your network because you have the most credibility. And you yeah. hire someone two years out of school that has no contacts, that has no network. Like what credibility do they have to make a cold call? Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's um, so the business gave me um, some accounts to start with. And so, uh, I wasn't starting from, from nothing. And so you had a first, you had a great first year and, and you know, you yeah. were, you were like recruitment's working. I'm making more money than I was before. So h- how did, how did that go from being a professional recruiter working at your un- uncle's agency to like becoming 
a business owner? Did you end up like getting buying in to that company? Like, how did that work out? Like, what's the story there? Yeah, it, it, in the story there is every year, um, you know, my progression uh, in terms of um, my responsibility and my accountability and my uh, revenue, like money I was making personally, it, it did this. Well, it did this until t- 2008, it didn't. Um, yeah. and then it went up again. Um, and yeah, I ended, I ended up becoming a partner. Um, oh. and then, uh, I ended up starting, uh, an offshoot. So, um, you know, the, I run Chad tech, which is an offshoot of Chad management group. We're related businesses. Um, and we share some costs, we share some employees, but they're, they're the same, but they're also run as separate entities in terms of um, Got it. Tech so, is the so when you say separate entities, do you mean like the main group owns a piece of this company or is it? Yeah. Got it. Yep. Got it. Got it. And is it, is it like a, is it like a back and forth ownership where this company owns a little bit of that and that owns a little bit of this or is it more one way? It, no, it's, it's both. You, you got it right. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And, and, and what made you decide that you wanted to like have a separate practice for yourself versus just work? in that structured umbrella you know it was it was one it was uh, i wanted a bit more autonomy um you know again i running working with the family business has its its pros and cons and um you know uh, we uh, we get along great my uncle and i and we still you know still i talk to him almost every day for 20 years and so (laughs) has he retired retired now or no no he's still there um and he is He's, um, if you ever get a chance, he's absolutely the best business dev person you will meet um, in, the, in the entire world. Awesome. Like you, like back in the days when we were allowed, um, you know, going out and meeting people in person all the time, um, like he, he'd walk into any room, uh, any conference, and there, there'd be 800 people there. He'd meet all of them. Um, like wow. that just, like he just had, had, still has his drive to do that. So, um, awesome from a biz dev perspective um but uh, yeah you get to the point where you know you will want to have something of, of your own as well and, and also he's not as strong as i am on the tech side so his his background has always been more on the marketing side he does a lot of work on with agencies and so um you know chad tech has really focused a lot more on the technical side of the business um so i do a lot of sales but it's more technical sales we do a lot of technical recruiting and so, so we had to change the model a bit what was the year that you started Chat Tech? So Chat Tech really started in 2018. Got it. So it's it's fairly recent. So have you guys hit that magical million dollar? Yep. Rev- yep. Okay. So so you guys have already broken a million in a year, right? That's that's. And how long did it take to hit a million? Like a runway for a million, or like hit hit a million for real? Like was it in 12 months, um, six months, two years, like? It was 18-ish months. I mean, it, wow. it, it, it was a, there's some interesting ramp up. It, well, and also, the again, going back to my earlier part of the story, we weren't starting from scratch, right? Yeah. And so uh, I had all these, we had a ton of clients that were, we were working with already um, uh, that we knew, I knew personally. And it was, uh, it, it was a matter of going to them and say, hey, listen, we do this now. Um, and, and, and so, uh, we're able to kind of add. And, and so, so out of interest, like, tell me more, right? So you start this new thing called Chat Tech. Are you the only person that's doing this or do you have partners that own pieces of the company too, that came in with you or 
was it just you that owned it and you hired like four people in the first day? Like, like how did that launch happen? Yeah. So uh, I ended up taking a couple employees from the Chad management side kind of with me. Um, and so, uh, you, know, you know, day one, I had three people that worked for me on that, on that business. And, it, okay. and as, and as it's grown, I've hired more and some people have changed. And, um, and the cool thing is because we're kind of sister companies, uh, if I get really busy, uh, I'm able to take resources from them and vice versa. If they get really busy, they take resources from me. We're able to share. Got it. Which, and, um, and the scariest part of starting your own brand, right? Like is obviously you're putting in your name out there and you're also putting up your own money, I'm guessing, right? To like, to like make it work. So do you remember how much money you ended up burning or spending before you got profitable? Like, was it 10 grand, 50 grand, 200 grand? Like, I mean, it, it was more than 10 for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, bet. I bet less than hundred. It was less than hundred. Yeah. It's solid. So, so, so you spent or you burned less than a hundred grand to build a business that within 18 months got to a million. And, and I think most of us know recruitment businesses can operate anywhere from 10 to 30, 40% in, in profit margins, depending on how well the person running them is running them. Yeah. Uh, but that, that, that's, that's awesome. And, and like, if you had to do the whole thing all over again, like what would you change? Well, I mean, I changed the, um, I changed the circumstances of when I did it. I mean, the whole pandemic thing has thrown our business for a huge loop, um, right? And so, I mean, I, I would have invested in less office space. I would invest in more technology, right? Like it's it's. Do you have like a big lease for many years that you like sign? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have another year and a half left on it, and I mean, okay. no one's there, right? Like that's it's, rough, it's, right? It's it's no one goes. Um, and I can't blame them. Like, like right now, I'm sitting in my home office too, right? So, it, it, and do you, do you expect them to come back once like the whole it's cool to come back? Do you want everyone to come back to work, or like what's your take on remote versus? Uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going. I think it's going to be a hybrid model. Um, I, I want people to have the absolute the option to come back, um, but I think that people have changed the way they work and the, yeah. they've changed the way they're comfortable. Though I do think it's a misnomer. Um, I think people have this mindset that particularly like um, a lot of my uh, staff, a lot of them are kind of the younger generation for lack of a better word. Um, And a lot of, a lot of people have this misnomer that, you know, the kids don't want to be in the office anymore. They're happy to work from home. And that's not true. It's, it's, it's um, people who have that money, people who are a bit older than the careers like me, we, we, we tend to forget that when we first started working, um, you know, the office was where we met our friends. It was where we got our social interaction. Um, you know, I have some of these people that are working from home for me. I mean, they're, they're, they're living, you know, with roommates. Um, it's, rough. it's a much families. rougher situation. It's a much rougher situation, it's, it's, right? It's, it's yeah. not fun to work at home sometimes. Right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think giving, giving them the option, listen, here's an office, here's your desk. You can go, you don't have to go every day, but you're going to have a meeting a couple of days a week. So that's the follow-up point question to that, right? So, so you don't intend to ever call any of your employees and be like, "Hey, you have to come to work at least one day a week, or this isn't going to work." It, it, no, no, no. So, so you no. you're going to keep an office, but that's it's an option, right? It's not like something that they're required to come to work. Me to feel like, hey, hey, if you don't come to the office, someone else is getting a promotion because they do come. And I right, 
No, not no. Yeah. But but also, you know, because of like I now have a, I have an employee that works full time for me in Miami, for example. Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously I, he doesn't have to come to the office every day, <laughs> um, right? Uh, and the, and the other piece, yeah. <laughs> well, the other piece is that the world the world's become a lot smaller. Um, you know, it, it's you look at how you and I connected. You know, if if, if it's not for the pandemic, maybe you wouldn't have, right? Um, yeah, you know, I absolutely. look at some of whom who my clients are now, like I'm dealing with people in Singapore. I'm dealing with a lot of people, a lot of, people, a lot of clients in the U S um, some stuff in Europe. And, and it's, it's, this is an important, again, follow-up question. Right? So the pandemic has changed a lot of things. So have you, have you seen a lot of one? Have you been able to now sign up clients that were not necessarily in your core market? Like maybe companies out of San Francisco or New York, or, you know, like you said, Singapore, were these clients that you already had pre pandemic or are they people that you were able to get? because of the pandemic able to get because of the pandemic and um yeah to flip that question the other way uh with the whole remote thing are you suddenly now talking to non-canadian candidates right like or yeah, absolutely uh, i mean i i had a client uh call me uh, last week again I'm, I'm based in toronto um and one of my biggest clients nowadays is a client that's based uh in pennsylvania of all places and again, cool. I didn't know this. I didn't know them two years ago, right? And and but you know, networking online and and just being active. Is it is it Dunder um, Mifflin? It's, it's not Dunder <laughs> Mifflin. <laughs> I was cramming. Um, but you know, it, it's it's you know, she, uh, I got a call from the the my HR director there, and she you know seems to hire ten account executives, um, and we're working on that, right? And and so, it, but it's it, it's crazy because. I mean, it's huge order, uh, orders, and this wouldn't have happened two years ago, right? And it's just because because of the pandemic, the world's become a lot more open, I find. Are ways. they are they cool with hiring people anywhere in the world or or North America, or do they have, like, specific – how's it changed? No, they have um, – so they have, I find that U.S. clients want people that live in the U.S. Um, they're very open as to where in the U.S., um but you know, but, I, you know are, if, if are they not cool with canada though because it's the same time zone same culture same no uh, cheaper currency not, it, it, uh, not same culture culture is actually different um uh, yeah. would you say so like would, would, you, would you say the culture in like uh say new york is that much different than like toronto like I would and, 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 and could you could you qualify that? Like, could you maybe give me a couple? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so th- there's. I mean, the first thing I'd say is, you know, everyone has the mis- the uh, everyone talks about how kind of quote unquote nice Canadians are, which is true. Uh, and it's not to say that Americans aren't nice; they're they're just different. So um, <laughs> I find that, well, they're they're a lot more direct. Um, yes. They're a lot. They're a lot more, I guess, honest in a way. And again, not that Canadians aren't honest, but in Canada, if you don't like something. You'll um, you'll avoid the questions so, so you don't have to answer it. Yeah. Um, like like and, like, and, like for an example, right? If if probably in Canada, if you think someone's an asshole, you just stop talking to them. Versus in the U.S., you right. like you like be like, hey, you're an asshole. I'm not going to talk to you, and then, then, then stop talking to them, right? Like, it, it, but but not even not even stop talking. So I mean, I have this one client uh, um, in the U.S. And I love working with him because if he doesn't like something, he's going to tell me. Um, and and sometimes he's not as he's not super nice the way he tells me, 
Um, and but I, what I like about it, though is it gives me a chance to react and to have a conversation. And I, I find that you know, uh, you know, even if he's yelling and screaming, I yell and scream back a little bit, uh, and I give him my point of view, and then we're fine. And then we move on. And and more often than not, exactly. And I, you know, Jason, you're right. Um, and uh, I didn't see it that way. And then we move forward. But some some clients in Canada, they don't have that discussion. And then, and so things do. So, um, you know, again, pros and cons to both. So it's, it's a different way of working, right? And there's no looking back now, right? You have to like sort of operate this way. Now, now, quick question. Where are you at now as a company? You're obviously over a million bucks in run rate revenue. How big are you? Are you five consultants, 20 consultants, like somewhere in the middle? How big is the team? Hey, we're not. Tw- yeah. So um, right now we are at full time. There's six of us and then i have another three or four um that part-time. either work part-time and then there's there's one other uh, person that kind of works both on both sides of the business um and, you know, and, chad management and chat tech and and in, in the beginning of our conversation you said you know when you started at, at chat management it was like a, a zero-based job there's no base salary is, is it the same yeah. in your like does no one get a salary no one gets a salary no no uh, now we do that sounds have, amazing as a business owner, right? Like you don't pay anyone unless the team's making money. What uh, you know, as I said, though, we, we we do give draw, uh, and okay. and so uh, you know we're giving you know no one's starving. Um, and when I say there's no salary, I'm you know I do for the researchers and people just getting out. Yeah, some of them will absolutely get salary, but when you get to a point when you're really good at it, um, I, I you always get the option. Listen, you you have the chance to make a lot more money um, by moving to this kind of commission structure. And once you've been doing it long enough and you're good at it, you see the flow. Okay. Well, I've, you know, I, I've closed this many deals and I had this many deals on the workflow. If I'm able to keep on closing at the rate I'm doing, you'll make a lot more money. Um, And the kind of people that I like employing are the people that are kind of killers like that. Right. Like, you know, you look at like, Recruit, recruitment's all like real estate um, in yeah. a sense where there's a, a there's a million people in it and the only people who, but the top 2% do very well and yeah. the other 98% don't, right? And so you want to cater to that 2%. Yeah, they make most of the money. They, the, top, the top 10% of recruiters probably make like 85% of money, yeah. right? And, and that's, so basically, if you're not, everyone who's average and below is probably starving or struggling. Uh, but the top ten percent are probably in Bentleys, which is great. Uh, uh, so, 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 so to follow up on that, right? Like, what's one thing that you expected starting this business that did happen, and one thing that you expected would happen that didn't happen, right? So, oh, interesting question. Okay, so um, the one thing that I um, expected that didn't happen um and again i think this is more um based on pandemic and stuff is there was a couple employees that i thought would be future partners for sure um and uh one of them will be and one of them is not going to be and 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 it's not not a fault of of mine or theirs they've um based on some personal stuff they're going through like a situation so many people's personal situations have changed and so 
the dynamic, the team dynamic has changed. So, do you bit. mean it's because and they've quit, or are they still with the business, but they just want to like roll the individual job? They more they, they they've gone from someone who I thought was a future partner, and now they're they're part time. Um, oh. And so they haven't they haven't quit, but it, it's it's they're not they're not as focused um, as about it. I about would have thought, or what I would have liked, and in terms of. Um, you know, the piece of, you know, something that's happened, I didn't expect um, it, it's, it's how global the, the, the role and the, and the company's become. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's wild. Um, that's crazy. It, it's, and, yeah. and if I, if I ask you what's the hardest part about your job as a owner of a, you know, small mid-sized recruitment agency that's growing quickly, like what's the, what's the crappiest part about it? It's funny to say this, but the hardest part, and this is, I think, running any business is the people side, right? It's it's amazing. Uh, um, If I could, I'd spend 20 more hours a week recruiting for me, Um, right? And and, and so I'd have more, like, more more people on on my staff doing biz dev and filling roles. Um, Now, part of that is me, I think, needing to learn how to delegate a bit better. Um, that's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation that we can have. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to have even more on my stuff and I need to make time to, to build that. Solid. And, and so following up on that question, what are the growth plans for the next five years? Like what's the perfect situation you'd be in five years if you had to like visualize it? You know, I would say in the next five years, um, I want to keep on the track that we're on for sure. Um, but I, I'm, I'm looking, uh, I've started to do a bit more in terms of, uh, consulting and advising clients as well. Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that side of things. Um, and, and so can you, I, describe, I, can you explain that a little more? What do you mean by consulting and advising? Uh, yeah, there's a couple, uh, actually, um, startups in the, like there's two or three startups that, that I'm dealing with me in the HR tech space. Um, cool. I'm actually an, I'm actually an advisor. I'm on their board. Um, I'm helping them um, figure out what their business strategy is going to be, uh, the yeah. price strategy. And so, um, I mean, I've been involved in this space for 20 years. I, <laughs> I know a lot about it. I know. Right? And, and so just um, uh, just using that knowledge for something else. And, and so I, I can see the business going in that direction as well, where we're consulting and helping um, not just not just doing the transactions, but being more involved in the strategy side as well. Cool. And what's your situation like? Are you are you single? Are you married? Like you have kids, dogs, cats? Like uh, yeah, uh, married, uh, two kids, um, uh, eleven and eight. Um, they're it's 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 been an interesting year because <laughs> uh, my, my my wife's at home working. I'm I'm at home working. Last past year, my kids have been at home on virtual school. Like and so it, it's we are using every inch of our house net. Uh, we're using it at all. That's insane. And and uh, final question, right? What what's advice to your twenty year old self? Um, the advice I give to my twenty year old self is be even uh, take more chances. Um, you know, there's there, there there's so much I look back on. Um, you know, could I have done the chat tech thing earlier? Absolutely. Um, you know, could I have done this consulting advisory thing earlier? Absolutely. Um, you know, put yourself, I would tell myself to put myself in more uncomfortable situations and, and see how I do. Um, I just take chances. And there we have it, guys. That was Jason Chad and put yourself in more uncomfortable situations to go the distance.
Thanks, Jason. Thanks for doing this. This was awesome. Awesome. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. And that's all for today's episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs. Like and follow us if you liked today's episode and want to hear more stories from the world of recruitment. Recruitment.